Hello, welcome, and thanks for checking in today to No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. I'm an Airbnb ambassador and 17-time super host, and I've hosted over 1,000 reservations. I'm a stay-at-home mom of two under two and manage my eight listings remotely. My mission is to help new and experienced vacation rental hosts turn their listings into fully booked, profitable properties that can be managed from anywhere, so you too can have no vacancies. If that sounds good to you, let's get right into the show. into today's episode, I have to tell you about Level Up Your Listing Women's Summit in Scottsdale, Arizona, February 27th, 28th, and March 1st. This is the biggest women's event ever in the hospitality and real estate industry, and we've secured the ultimate speaker lineup of some of the most inspiring women in the industry, from thanks to visiting Sarah and Annette, to the short-term shops Avery Carl, to Julie George, also known as the Million Dollar Host, and so many more. Not to mention our special guest, April Brown of Netflix. Motel Makeover and co-founder of the famous June Motel. Our sessions range from how to save tens of thousands every year on taxes, how to build a hosting business that you could one day sell for millions, how to work with insurance companies to get midterm rentals secured for 100% occupancy, and that's just the beginning. Gather with 350 women just like you who are passionate about hospitality design and guest experience. This event is also for women who support hosts. So if you're a designer, stager, photographer, realtor, social media manager, muralist, or anything else you need to be here. Head to levelupyourlistingsummit.com and use code NATALIE10 for 10% off your ticket. Tickets are going quicker than ever, and this event is sure to sell out, so secure your seat today. If you are ready to be the best host you can be with the best hosting business you can have, you have earned a spot here. We cannot wait to meet you. And welcome back to another episode of No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. Today, I have Jason Reese on, and I this is literally my first time talking to him ever. Uh, the quick backstory of how Jason is a guest today is if any of you saw um, a week or so ago, a couple weeks ago, I posted an Instagram reel with uh, showing how to write an Airbnb listing description with ChatGPT. And Jason ended up leaving a couple comments that he was already using AI for hosting in some different settings. He told me to go check out some videos on his profile. I did, and I was blown away at all the creative uses that he's had on how to use artificial intelligence for hosting purposes. And so I DM'd him and said, hey, shooting my shot, would you be down to come on the podcast and share more about this? And he gladly agreed. So here we are today. But Jason, this is my first time, honestly, ever talking to you or meeting you. So go ahead and introduce yourself for the audience and to me as well, please. Yeah. So, um, you know, I just got into the Airbnb uh, field. Uh, October of 2020 was my first purchase. So prior to that, um, I had 11 years in the medical device field. Okay. So um, strictly focused on cardiac electric physiology, which is abnormal heart rhythms. Were you doing and sales three- or like product development? Um, primarily sales and clinical work and then uh, ultimately marketing. So, okay. uh, I started 
in Chicago uh, as a clinical. And then I moved around a bit and uh, eventually got into sales. And then I was in sales for four years. And then I was uh, recruited to join the marketing team out in California. And I uh, did that for two years, responsible for a core segment of our uh, 3D mapping software portfolio uh, for the U.S. Okay. And then how did that pivot into, I'm guessing since you started in 2020 with hosting, maybe uh, there was a layoff or uh, something happened there that made you want to pivot into hosting? Um, you know, I think the layoff was really uh, me pulling myself out of working myself uh-huh. to death. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so it was, it was really a uh, shift in perspective. Um, at the company, I felt like I'd accomplished a lot of my goals. Uh, in a faster time frame than what I had uh, originally uh, expected or planned to. And a lot of my uh, curiosities were, were satisfied over my 11-year career. And uh, because I got to see the business from several different perspectives, once I got into that last uh, that last role in marketing, um, I, I really enjoyed it because I got to uh, I use a lot of the, the skill sets I'd acquired. But uh, at the same time, it was a hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just no sign of progress, no matter how much you accomplished, no matter, no matter how much effort you expended, you never really seemed to get anywhere. And um, eventually that took a toll on me. Uh, even physically, I got to a point where, you know, blood pressure got high, which is not normal for me. I had heaviness in my chest and chest pain at work and um, the point where I went to the on-site doctor to, oh my to get gosh. things checked out. Did they and, use the devices that you sell on on you when you checked yourself in? No, luckily that's a little bit further down the, the treatment path, so uh, I wasn't quite there. So um, the idea was to to not wait too long and to, to try to get to a, a point where you know I felt like it'd be a sustainable uh, path for me. Okay. And you know I've been looking at Airbnb for a long time. Uh, I've been investing since I was fourteen and. Uh, primarily in the stock market, so equities. And I haven't done real estate because residential real estate, the math just never really penciled out for me. Uh, long-term renting, you know, you, you can make hundreds of dollars, uh, you know, long-term <laughs> renting. And uh, I, I was in it for a little bit more than that. At least that's what, you know, my goal uh, goals have been investing. And, you know, once Airbnb came out, uh, hit the market and became popular, and I got to a point where, you know, I was able to invest uh, time and money into a given market. Um, then I decided to jump all in. And um, ultimately, that's why I quit my job uh, was to pursue Airbnb specifically. Okay. Okay, cool. So you you quit the job and went all in on Airbnb, not even knowing. It's not like you had built up the Airbnb hosting and you had like a steady income to fall back on like you totally quit mm-hmm. taking a risk that's amazing um has it yeah, paid off yeah. <laughs> was it a good bet um it, it seems to it seems to be I, i'm still in the uh you know call it on the upswing but um at this point i have five properties uh first one was like i said october of 2020 and i'm only in the national market at this point um but all indicators are that you know things will be uh, pretty solid this year so the first week of the year, I uh, had 52 bookings come in. Um, wow. So that's been encouraging. Um, and I know it's going to be, we expect a little bit of a softer market uh, this year or softer a year, really just across the board with Airbnb. Uh, Nashville has a lot of positive momentum just from, you know, say, the macro tourism trends. But 
uh, last year was probably a, a bit of a, a frothy year for, for most hosts. And I'm expecting that a little bit here this uh, year, but, uh, but yeah, first year with five properties expecting to host 500 groups. And that's like a little over 3000 people, uh, this year. So considering I haven't had any hosting experience two years ago, it's, uh, it's pretty wild. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, can I ask the five properties, are they all owned? Are you doing any co-host or arbitrage and also what markets are you in? Yep. So, uh, four of them I own, uh, the fifth one, uh, I identified, um, furnished, designed with some help and, uh, now manage for my dad. Oh, cool. Okay. So, so yeah, I also, he's out of state, so. I also manage for my parents too. So I, I get it. <laughs> um, that's yeah, awesome. so I, I feel like I own that one. Um, just because I've literally done all the work with, you know, with uh, some help, thankfully, but that's uh, how I know, feel. I'll he, catch myself. Yeah. I'll catch myself being like, Oh, you know, we blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, we, I don't even own that one. That's my parents. And I just manage <laughs> some of it, but you know, one yep. day, one day, if it's written into the will, I'll get it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Same. <laughs> um, and then what markets are you in across the five properties? Uh, Nashville. Oh, all in Nashville. Are you, do you live yeah, there? I do, yeah. In Nashville. Yeah, so I live okay. within 10 to 15 minutes of all the properties. Gotcha. So gotcha. All, all of them are downtown area okay. uh, within two miles to the, uh, you know, the main focus here, which is Broadway and downtown. Okay, cool. Well, I want to thank you for the intro, taking us through your journey. I really want to know now how you got interested in AI, artificial intelligence, this whole world. Um, I was hoping that through telling me about your background, I would see some crossover there, but it doesn't really seem like there was any. So how did this come up? Um, it doesn't seem like AI is related to medical sales or or hosting, really. So how did you get an interest in this? Um, I, I'd say it's more indirect. You know, um, you know, maybe my interest in technology is what led me to medical device, ultimately. Okay. And I think what has uh, you know been a bit of a tailwind in my career there, because I have such interest in this field, and and uh, and if you're interested in technology, or in, you're interested in solving problems and uh, forward-looking solutions. So. Uh, that's where a lot of my creativity came in uh, when it came to, you know, call it some of the upstream roles that I had uh, once I got it into the corporate role. Um, you know, I did work with some of the teams there to, uh, you know, try to iterate and advance some of our, you know, algorithms and features and so forth. But uh, that said, um, it's just primarily been an inherent unique, or not unique, but an inherent trait that, you know, I've had that I just, I'm kind of a techie guy. So, okay. Um, when these kinds of uh, releases come out in the tech world, you know, it's kind of like the iPhone, you know, dropping onto the market, what, I don't know, 10 years ago or 14 years ago. I don't know how many it is now. But um, you, know, you start to uh, adjust your perspective and, and see, you know, through a different lens of how things can change, uh, how the world can change, how your immediate world can change, like how our hosting world can change, um, and how these tools might take shape to, to help us uh you know, improve on our operations and even guest experiences. So um, I've been playing around with it a bit and uh, and trying to uh, investigate, you know, ways that I feel like uh, or that I see that this will, you know, clearly um, help us in, in all these different various ways. So um, are, are you the kind to of be determined. Person, yeah. 
Are you the kind of person who, uh, like, when the new iPhone came out, like, the first one, were you, like, one of the first people to get it? Or are you a very early adopter? Because I'm not. I think I waited, like, four or five years. I was like, I I don't trust a phone that has no buttons on it. This is weird. I'm so late with things like that. Yes, I I did have the first (laughs) iPhone. It cost uh, $400, and it uh, had no keyboard, and... Uh, all the bubbles were green. Yep. It was, you know, way back when. <laughs> and uh, I think I had every iPhone up until probably iPhone 11, maybe. Oh, my um, gosh. You're one of those. Yeah. And then so I, you buy every you know, yeah. generation. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it. no shame, but uh, at the same rate, you know, I haven't done that in the last uh, last several years. So, mm. um you know, I'll wait every other year now. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I would love to know um, my, I mean, I'm seriously telling you my first and basically only experience with AI so far has been with chat GPT. And it was literally that Instagram reel I posted of me just trying to get it to write a listing description. So you are so much more entrenched in this. Can you tell us like, what technology is even out there right now that is accessible to the average person? And what are some uses that you are finding um, to, to utilize this stuff for from a hosting perspective? Yeah, well, first off, um, I think chat GPT is right now, it just seems like it's it's the go, right? It's, um, you know, greatest of all time, but it also only came out like three weeks ago. Yes. <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's, it's garnered a lot of attention and for, I think, a, you know, a lot. Uh, a lot of good reasons, but um, you know, aside from the writing listing description piece that uh, that you highlighted on your page, um, <clears throat> I tested it for some tough issues that I've run into hosting, uh, where you know, for example, uh, a guest walks into a place that hasn't been cleaned, so I asked ChatGPT to write a response to a guest in that scenario. Okay. And the response that it gave was extremely professional. It was apologetic. Uh, it was guest first. It was really everything that you want a response to be. So if you're somebody that generally doesn't perform well under pressure like that, yeah. or if they're being, uh, say, attacked by a guest and you feel like emotion sometimes gets the best of you, um, or time is just of the essence and you want to get back to them ASAP and be as professional as possible, then that's a simple, uh, a simple use case. One of probably a hundred that will uh, surface here soon, but um, I've had that happen two different times where guests have walked into a a place that that wasn't clean because my cleaner dropped the ball or whatever happens operationally. And uh, I always struggle to put the message together. Ultimately I do. And I think I do a good job, but I mean, this thing did a better job than I've ever done, and it did it in about seven seconds. That's just insane. And I know this is one of those situations where, uh, you know, a few hours later, you're like, ah, I should have said this. That would have been perfect. But in the moment when response time really, really counts, and it's still personal, and the wound is fresh, and they just criticized the place, and now you're grappling to think about what to do with your cleaner, it's very hard to get in that headspace where you're so professional in in an instant. So that's an amazing use for that. Um, how do you think that it would stack up if it was a case where, let's say the guests complain about cleanliness, but you can tell that maybe they're just doing that to get a refund. It's not a genuine complaint. Do you think that the AI could, could you type something in that would make it spit out I don't know, a different answer that's not so apologetic when you're not necessarily at fault as the host? 
Oh, I think that really in that case, the only thing that would matter is if you admit fault. If you're apologetic, then you're still rather neutral. Okay. But if you admit fault, then that's a problem, right? Okay. I think that's preventing, or that's the issue that, that you're uh, ultimately highlighting there. So could, would the AI admit fault or rather um, put you in a situation where you're going to have to, say, refund the gas? Mm-hmm. Um, that wouldn't happen unless it admitted fault. Okay. So if it maintained a neutral stance and just being apologetic and professional and saying that you're going to respond and look into this further, then the way I envision this uh, iterating or manifesting to us um, as these tools become available is that issues like that, the more serious issues would be escalated. Maybe the system even calls you and lets you know to draw your attention to that, uh, that particular message or that particular thread so that you can handle it as a, as a, as a human. Um, but beyond that, um, you know, I, I think time will tell if it will, if it will be able to pick up on that kind of thing and what triggers it would look at. But I do think that um, it would be short-sighted to say it, it will, won't be able to do what you're asking. Okay. At some point. Okay. Because the rate at which this is advancing is uh, really pretty mind-blowing, and I continue to get chills every time I think about it. <laughs> okay, let's back up right there when you said that it could call you and tell you, wait, what? Roll, rewind. That chat GPT or whatever AI could actually call you or call the guest and not just type in messages? Well, so automated, so what I'm looking at or discussing right now is rather two different entities that exist today, you know, okay. like robocalls exist. I didn't even then, know that was a thing. Okay. Ro- okay. <laughs> is that like yeah. the oh, scammy so, like stuff does like the, you know, fake tax collectors? Is that that? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. So there, there are systems that dial your number. Uh, they're not real people. And my buddy just the other day uh, had somebody call him and it sounded just like a real person. It probably was, but it was scripted. And uh, she would ask some questions and then he would respond. So it, it has, you know, a script and then a, a, it waits for their answer, logs the answer. If you satisfy, you know, a couple of questions and they say, okay, well, wait, let me get a specialist on the phone for you. There was, there was never a real person even there oh until gosh. he qualified himself to be a sales target. Mm-hmm. So those do exist. Uh, robocalls do exist. Chat GBT now, uh, which is AI, chatbot. Um, that does exist, and it has, uh, as far as I'm aware, um, an open API for you to plug into. So uh, if you have a resource that you're building, you can plug into the ChatGPT API and uh, essentially piggyback on its capabilities. Okay. Um, okay. So, yeah, uh, if somebody marries these two together, then that 100%, and, and that's, that could be done you know, probably tomorrow. <laughs> Um, like, it. It, it could be done in no time <laughs> uh, if somebody really knew how to do it, but yeah. Okay. What is another example besides guests complaining about cleanliness? How else could you use chat GPT or any of these technologies that are out there? Uh, in hosting in general? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess the way that I've thought about it is, is kind of putting it, um, in chronological order from like just starting an Airbnb. Oh, okay. So, uh, first and foremost, like, if, I don't know how, do you have a, a lot of your users or uh, you know, listeners, 
Are they hosts? Are they uh, aspiring hosts? Yeah, really across the board. Um, We've got listeners who have been hosting multiple, multiple properties, boutique motels and all of that for years, tons of experience. And there's people just stopping by because they're curious and want to know how to get started. So I think any point that you reach people at in that journey will be helpful to someone. Oh, uh, great, because I think this is relevant to a lot of people. Okay. Um, Especially a lot of your listeners. There were... You know, on my page, the ones, I guess, the videos you watched, I did an AI and Airbnb series, a three-part series. Yep. So within that series, focused on uh, initially was uh, market selection. Uh, The second one was um, the creation of a unique um, mural for your Airbnb. Yeah, that one was so cool. (laughs) (laughs) It was my personal favorite. Um, I I just was blown away by the, the results of that. Uh, and then the third one was the uh, interior design component mm-hmm. uh, or interior design capabilities of, of such a system. And so to start, the market research piece, uh, I played around with that because I'm like, I don't want, as I continue to grow my portfolio, as the Airbnb continues to mature, markets will get busier. They will become more competitive. Nashville's super competitive here. Um, and any market that has had Airbnb for a long time is more competitive than a market that has not drawn a lot of attention. And so um, I see a lot of the opportunity in the places where people aren't looking and the places where people aren't talking about openly. Mm-hmm. So that's where I look, um, and that's where I've been looking, and that's where my interests are moving forward. But I've asked Airbnb or I've asked uh, ChatGPT to give me some of these markets that have experienced a lot of growth, uh, a lot of growth in tourism uh, over the last couple of years. And so it it gives me a list of markets, most of which I've never heard of, including Marfa, Texas. Uh, It was a small town. I actually totally know Marfa, Texas. Any of the women listening will know because there's this like iconic Prada sign that lives there. So anyone into high fashion would know (laughs) Marfa. But yeah, that's that's crazy because there's so many times where you're you know, like on AirDNA's uh, Rentalizer, and I love AirDNA, but it's tough sometimes to even know what market to put in before you're running the metrics and the deal analysis on it. And so here it can prompt you to cities you've never even heard of. Yep, exactly. And and it elevated some uh, to the service for me and, you know, markets that I never would have looked for. And and frankly, you know, as I've gotten a lot of um, ideas and I've learned a ton just from you know, people like you and every other creator that's out there on YouTube or uh, TikTok or Instagram. Um, if it's out there in the mainstream, then it's if it's really good, it's probably not going to be really good for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that's my that's my approach. That's how I see it. Because if if they're talking about it and a, a lot that, that happened in the Smokies, so the Smokies now it's a lot different landscape there if you were to buy in the Smokies today for sure or it's a lot, a lot more difficult to, to find the, the deals and the uh, returns on cash that were uh, or that existed two three years ago mm-hmm. um, and and a lot of that because I, I was watching a lot of content a lot of people talking about the Smokies and how good it was but that said um, I used chat GPT to identify some of those markets and that I think for one is is interesting uh, as it iterates, and even if you ask more specific questions, I spent about 10 minutes on this, so it wasn't even a long period of time. 
So um, the more time you spend on the, the, the better the uh, results will be. But uh, once you identify a market, uh, figure out a place or find a property, specific property in that market you want to buy, then once you get that property and you close on it, you need to, of course, design it. What kind of vibe are you going to put in that space? You know, how are you going to differentiate from uh, your competitors? And so that's what led me to asking ChatGPT. This is so cool. Uh, or actually, this wasn't even ChatGPT. It was uh, MidJourney. So MidJourney. Okay. Yeah, the two main um, platforms, uh, at least for me, that are very popular are ChatGPT or you know, AI chatbot. Okay. Primarily, it's all text-based. Uh, MidJourney is the visual form of ChatGPT, essentially. Okay. So, like the impressive text you get from ChatGPT, uh, you can double that on the visual side for, for MidJourney. And um, Picture's worth a so thousand asked, words, so you can get that visual aspect. It's true. So I've, I've asked it to create, if I wanted a retro vibe, like you'll see this on my uh, Instagram page, I wanted a retro vibe for a place here, so you retro Valley Parton or Elvis-themed place. I, I typed that literally into MidJourney and asked it, to create or design a retro living room with pastel colors with Dolly Parton or Elvis art. And so cool. the creations that it spit out on the back end just from that one sentence were so rad. They were so awesome. Yeah. You Thanks. guys, you'll have to go watch this. Um, I mean, I'll, of course, link how to um, follow Jason on Instagram in the show notes. But I think the day this comes out, I will repost that video he's referencing on my stories so you can go see but it was just crazy the design was so I would think that you'd run into something really cheesy maybe that would be the risk of this it's just going to drop in all these like Dolly and Elphis references and splatter it all over but it was actually so beautiful and well done and the design was like tasteful and elevated I just I couldn't believe it and it followed the metrics you gave it perfectly down to the pastel colors and the retro vibe it's I'm just like mind blown. I cannot believe that it's doing all of this. Um, I mean, so obviously in a case like that, it spits out this design for you. Do you think that this is going to put maybe way down the line, but do you think right now this is going to put like interior designers out of business? Because I'm kind of thinking you still need, if you really want to be unbothered, you can take that design inspiration, but you're still going to have to hand it over to somebody to source the furniture that matches, source the artwork that matches that design, um, hire a muralist in there to actually paint the mural that it spits out for you. Uh, so where do you see, I know there's so many fears about this taking away jobs. What's your perspective on that? Yeah, I think it is a, uh, it's an interesting question. I think it's you know, multi-tiered probably in the answer. Um, you know, mainly, related to how far out, you know, what's our time horizon, you know, in the near term, I don't see anything changing. You know, there's so many people that still haven't even heard of chat GPT mm -hmm. or, um, and, and there's entire generations of people that will never use AI of any sort. Yeah. Um, so in the near to medium term, I think that any sort of AI inspiration really just kind of breaks down the barrier to, uh, somebody having a want and fulfilling a need. Mm -hmm. So I think this will um, more readily make available 
uh, inspiration for those folks that, that want to get started but just feel like the lift is too heavy for them to design a, a place or, you know, even find a, a style that they like. Given you can do that somewhat on, on Pinterest, but as you know from the video that I created, um, the Pinterest comparison, when I asked it to, to do the same thing, it was nowhere near. Yeah, it wasn't the, even close. The, um, the quality of inspiration. When you put in those parameters, the retro pastel color Dolly Elvis theme, did you have to like first upload pictures of your living room or something? How does that, what do you have to do on the back end to actually get it to spit out a design that works for your space? No. So um, in that particular case, I, I just asked for a living room. Any living room would do because okay. I I wasn't looking for a, uh, a picture-perfect replication of my living room. I was looking for a vibe, okay. right? So if, if it gives me a vibe, I can create, recreate a vibe in an Airbnb that you know, uses the same kind of uh, textures, colors, patterns, um, materials that I see in the image, and I can accomplish that, that vibe. Uh, there is another uh, resource out there called interiorai.com, I think. And that one does use your specific living room uh, or your specific kitchen or whatever it is, the space it is you're trying to design. You upload an image of that space. Uh, it can already have furniture in it. Um, and then that AI engine uh, will take a look at, uh, for one, the, the picture that you've uploaded and uh, reference the specific style that you're looking for. Uh, and then it will render... Uh, several different iterations of that style, whether it be, you know, boho, tropical, or, you know, classic, what Art Deco, I think, was an option. But there were, like, 40 different options of interior design styles that um, this AI engine would return uh, for your specific space, which, again, I mean, we're already on the front end of this, and, and these things already exist. Do you even have to put in the measurements of your place or it will like read that from the, from just the picture of the room? You know, again, I think that, you know, it might get to that point. Uh, I don't think this one is, is taking all that into consideration. Okay. I think it's trying to estimate it and put furniture in there that generally would fit. But what you can expect to get from, from these, at least today is a vibe. So okay. give me some kind of, you know, Oh, nice L couch, neutral tone, uh, with, I don't know, a, a wicker coffee table and, you know, these light fixtures and, you know, wall art of certain, uh, certain styles. And so it will do that for you. Um, <clears throat> but it's not going to let you, not yet will it crawl the web and find specific uh, furniture that's, that fits your space, that is within your budget, and then automatically order all that for you. <laughs> Uh, but that is that is not out of the question, and that's yeah. probably going to be here in the next several years. Yeah. Um, okay, question for you. So with that example, you had to put in, like, you still in your brain created the idea of retro pastel colors, Dolly and Elvis theme. Is there, do you think that it could live up to the task if you just said, design my Airbnb living room, or design a living room, for an Airbnb that will be unique in this market? Like, do you think that it could read, because you still had to kind of come up with the baseline there. Do you think that it could just read what would perform well or book well or what would stand out in a certain market and spit something out for that? Or do you have to be more specific with the actual design inspiration? So I did that with 
uh, chat GBT. The first one I did like that was a, I asked chat GBT to describe a mural uh, for a unique, or a, a unique mural for a Nashville Airbnb. And then you can and take that. In, right. I copied and pasted that into the image creation. And so, you know, we had these two artificially intelligent parents <laughs> that created this, <laughs> the, these amazing <laughs> murals. These amazing murals that, I mean, are still, like, literally, I wish I could show you, but I have chills right now just because I think it's just, it's so I impressive. have chills right now. You are blowing my mind. So you can, <laughs> like, make, like, a AI baby out of, like, these two different ones and let them work together. So maybe if you're Correct, using yeah. different platforms or different artificial intelligences that specialize in something different, you can kind of piece together your whole your whole process. Wow. Yeah, one hundred percent. That is, yeah, so it's, cool. I mean, it's, it's those two are are um, perfectly symbiotic in what they provide. One provides a text prompt or text, and the other one requires a text prompt to work. So you literally copy and paste uh, one into the other. That and, is so cool. I mean that that one was um, that one was a lot of fun, but um, as it relates to designing, so just asking for a, a general design for interior design. I did that once. I don't recall it being uh, specific enough mm-hmm. uh, to stand out. But I no, I don't think it's crawling uh, the market here and looking at what's in the market. Yeah. Um, and then providing an output based on that um, to make sure it was unique. I don't think it's qualifying its output. You know, so, by looking at all the. So at this moment, you would probably still have to kind of have a baseline understanding of your market and what would do well there and what would look good in your space. And then you still need to be the one to kind of punch that in. Um, It's not just going to come up like from nothing with like the perfect design that's going to wow people and be totally bookable. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I think that the strategy that I would employ um, would be to either get on AirDNA or uh, I like to use uh, Price Labs for market research mm-hmm. a lot of times. Um, I actually just made a video on this, Price Labs versus uh, AirDNA, because a lot of people uh, cite um, you know, resistance to that $100 per market price tag that comes with AirDNA. Yeah. Uh, but you can make these market dashboards on Price Labs for 10 bucks a piece. And you get a lot of the same data. But with that, uh, what I really like about Price Labs is uh, in that market dashboard, you can sort their table as a, a table of all the listings uh, in that market and, or in the, the search radius that you define. And uh, you can sort it by revenue. So, or you can sort it by reviews, whatever you define as successful. And uh, it links straight over to the Airbnb listing. So you click on that and you, take, you uh, analyze what the best uh, performers in that market are doing. And you can mimic that and put that into a text, some kind of text description or text prompt, and uh, ask Midjourney to create uh, something similar and see what you get. See what you get with that. That's um, so cool. And that's one hundred percent a strategy that would uh, most likely book you uh, pretty frequently. Uh, everything I've seen from Midjourney has been impressive. So if you can uh, put together the prompt in a way that elicits, like that tells Midjourney what exactly to create, then. Uh, you shouldn't have any issues at all getting a, a productive uh, output. Yeah. Okay. That is so neat. Um, what are other situations? So you're using it right now for basically market research. 
um, for design inspiration. You're using it to respond to guests once the listing's up and running. Um, We already talked, you can use it for your actual listing creation. You can write your description with it. I'm sure you could write a listing title. Um, You could probably create your guidebook with it easily, right? Like give me top suggestions of what to do in this area. Um, So that seems easy. Where, Where else? What about like for operations? Is there any ideas you have there? Like, could it, I don't know, hire a cleaner for you or something like what, what are the limitations here or, um, helping you keep track of inventory or restocking your listing? Um, or I don't know, keeping you up to date on like local regulations or things like that. I just, I feel like to use AI effectively, you still have to have the brain power from a human to know what to put in and how to use it. So, you know, how do you kind of overcome that? And what are all these different different ways that you're using it? Well, I think maybe a good place to start is um, I asked ChatGPT essentially to describe uh, artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And what did it, it say? It kind of gives you an indication of where things are going. So, okay. um, I'll try to, I'll make it quick, but there are two different ones. I asked it to ultimately dumb it down. Um, but the, the, the first one is, um, artificial intelligence is the simulation of human intelligence processes by computer systems. These processes include learning, uh, which is the acquisition of information and rules for using that information, reasoning, which is using the rules to reach approximate or definite conclusions and self-correction, um, In general, AI can be divided into two main categories, weak and strong. I'll skip that part. Uh, The ultimate goal of AI research is to create a machine that can perform any task that a human can do and do it and do so as well as or better than a human. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I I know. Again, I I get chills reading it, but... So I asked, can you simplify this in one sentence for a child, was my response to it. Okay. Um, and it says, uh, AI is when computers are made to think and do things that usually only humans can do, like understanding what you say, playing games, or driving cars. And so <laughs> the reason I say that yeah. is uh, because you cover a lot of different potential use, or rather potential scenarios where you know, maybe it could help in the future. Mm-hmm. Um you know, like responding to guests immediately. Um, I think you said uh, scheduling cleaners and you know, a couple other things. And at this point, it seems to be, um, at least as we know in the last few weeks, um, it seems to be dependent on, you know, commands or prompts from us. Right. So it, it's responsive to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the automated piece of it uh, is 100% coming you know, in what time horizon, you know, I have no idea. But uh, I think it's all going to be here, you know, within, there's going to be, it's going to be an entirely new landscape in the next five years, uh, certainly the next three. And uh, I am personally um, working on creating a uh, AI chat bot for hosts to use uh, to engage with guests. Okay, I will be your first customer. This sounds so cool. Um, what's your like timeline for this? You have to come back on when this is out and and talk all about it. I would love to, uh, and I hope it pans out. Um, but when I see the, the 
conversational abilities of ChatGPT and and really the the humanized kind of uh, markers and structures of its sentence, you wouldn't really know you were talking to uh, a machine, yeah, uh, a computer, if you weren't on an AI website, right? Um, so, you know, I think the bane of all hosts is guests asking questions that uh, about things that have been posted either in the listing uh, three different times or in your messages to them or they're in the check-in instructions or um, you know, any of the above. And uh, something very simple to do uh, would be to have a chat, uh, a chat bot that actually works, not Siri, not Android, not any of these that exist, not Alexa yeah. or Hey Google, um, but one that actually works and references your previous conversations with guests uh, as well as your listing descriptions, check-in instructions, and so forth. So it has a lot of that information already. Um, and it is retro, uh, retrospective in the way that it, it gets that information. So you don't have to repeat yourself. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that, I think, is, is powerful and can be powerful. Uh, you just have to explore a bit of the guardrails put around it and, um, and ultimately the way to deploy it best. Right. So in that case, because right now that would still take you having a complete profile and complete check-in instructions and a complete listing. And then basically when someone asks a question, it could pull from the pieces of the listing and send it out. So if you, again, you were talking about kind of crossing over these technologies, if you had something like that and then you paired it with ChatGPT to write the listing in the first place, you could remove the entire need for you to sit there and like create the listing and stay on top of messages. That's just yeah, and, and it may go to that. It may go to that point where, um, you know, a service like this, you know, also has other services like, you know, helping you set up your listing automatically. Um, you know, which, you know, image processing is something AI has been doing for a long time. So once your picture, if your pictures are uploaded to uh, Airbnb, or maybe you drop them into the, the AI engine and, it loads them up to Airbnb for you, yeah. but also has an indication of what your uh, place feels like from a, a visual perspective. And it can use that to help write the description for the listing. Yeah. And I think what you and touched And caption on- possibly every... Caption every, every photo. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> write your own bio about who you are as a host and why, yeah. why the listing's so special to you. Um, and I think what's so interesting too is, uh, and you touched on this, but... When I played around with ChatGPT just to write a listing description, I what I typed in was um, write a description for my two bed two bath condo in Airbnb uh, in Big Bear, and I expected it would just be like, you know, uh, the the two bed two bath layout makes it easy for a small family or two couples. I thought it would just very much stick to the basics of what I entered. Um, I won't read the whole thing, but I actually pulled up that the result it had spit out. And I mean, some of the sentences here sounds like a, you know, marketing, like somebody who does copywriting for a living wrote, like introducing our charming two bed, two bathroom condo located in the heart of Big Bear, perfect for a romantic getaway or a family vacation, uh, step outside and take in the stunning natural beauty of Big Bear from your own private deck. You'll have everything you need to make your stay in Big Bear a memorable one with comfortable accommodations, convenient amenities. It's the perfect choice for your next Big Bear vacation. It's written just, I just can't believe that it's like 
I don't know, written so creatively and like poetically. How does it do that? This just is never going to stop fascinating me. <laughs> uh, I'm with you. Um, I mean, the people that, that are behind this are, you know, they're just so above and beyond smart. Um, I, I just can't imagine the amount of work that's gone into it. Yeah, for sure. It, I don't, I don't know exactly where it's going, um, <laughs> but I know there's going to be uh, a lot of opportunity to, to leverage it uh, for the next several years. And, um, you know, even from the designers, I know there's some, some uh, rumbling from designers and artists, um, but like as I positioned uh, the videos that I created, um, from the artist standpoint, and, and I think I was actually touching on this a minute ago with interior design, I think it's going to help lower the, the perceived uh, barriers for people to design a, a space from scratch. Mm-hmm. And they will lean on uh, a real interior designer to help them accomplish it. I think that's going to be the case for a long time. Eventually, there will be a, a, a niche segment or a, a tool that's available that will do what I was describing earlier, which is, you know, take the measurements, uh, source uh, products, and only put those products in the image that it can uh, source and order for you and just streamline the whole process. And it's maybe just one click uh, from the AI site, and the AI site goes, or the AI uh, bot goes and buys all the furniture that was in uh, that image. Oh, you know, my God. Could that happen? 100% it can happen. But a lot of people aren't going to use that type of service, there will be a niche that uses that um, for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I don't think anybody's ever going to completely replace humans because there's there's just a lot of value there that um, the humans really want one-on-one interaction when it comes to their own personal space. Absolutely. And the same thing with artists. Uh, if you can get, the, get design inspiration uh, from a mural that ChatGPT and MidJourney create, and you, you give a, an amazing, crystal clear example of what you want your artist to paint on the walls. AI isn't going to go in there and paint on the walls for you. Um, but one of the biggest challenges I think that artists have is talking, and this is me talking as someone that isn't an artist, so in full transparency, um, but from what I gather, what I observe, is a challenge for them to understand exactly what the client wants. Mm. So the client has to use their words, whether or not they're creative or not, uh, to communicate you know, uh, a clear uh, picture to the artist to create you know, what it is that they want for the specific vibe they want. Sometimes they hit, a, hit the nail on the head, sometimes they don't. But I think that this could be uh, a great way to, to mitigate you know, the differences between uh, the, the owner's vision and the artist's creation. That's so, I really love your perspective on that because I've noticed that too. Um, I'm not a professional interior designer. I've not gone to school for it or anything. I would say I'm a, I don't know, enthusiastic, somewhat decent uh, amateur with design. But I've run into that too where, you know, I'll be speaking with a, um, an owner that I'm planning to co-host for and we're trying to kind of design and stage their place. And I ask them what vibe they like and they'll say, industrial and I show them pictures of an industrial concept and they're like oh no 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 that's not what I wanted maybe something more contemporary and if you're like at a higher level of design 
other people just don't even know the lingo or the language. And I'm sure that that's the same with so many different industries. Um, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, you know, florists, maybe people come in and say, I want a whimsical bouquet. And they delivered that, but that's not what the customer imagined. So I think you're right. You still need those professionals, but this can really help to just uh, express what somebody at a layman's level is thinking and doesn't have the terminology for. That's such a such a unique perspective you have on that. Um, what are your thoughts? I feel like I can't have a conversation on AI without talking about, you know, the fear of like replacing jobs. And I know we kind of just touched on this, but obviously it's hard to predict, but where do you think we are in like a century from now? Like, are people just going to be, you know, sitting in like motorized scooters driving around, like not doing anything and like all, all labor has been replaced? Where does this, where does this go? Uh, I, you know, honestly, I, I don't know. Um, it's probably over my pay grade. It's, and, and it, I think one of the way, or one of the reasons it's difficult to, to try to fathom is because we just don't know at what rate AI is going to iterate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this, this, this type of thing tends to, uh, mature and evolve on more of a logarithmic basis as opposed to like a linear like constant rate. Yeah. It's much more up. exponential. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, hundred years in AI terms is, is probably a uh, hundred lifetimes uh, to us. Um, yeah, I mean, just 20 years from now, it's going to be a completely different ball game. And yeah. <laughs> I, I hate to speak in so many general terms and yeah. um, it's just hard to really imagine uh where we're going to be, but I think what we know is that you know the same as what's always happened in uh, in commerce of any sort is that disruptors come about and businesses close. That's happened from the beginning of time. Yep. But those roles or those people, those employees, shift into new roles. It might be a completely different uh, different field, but I think what we're going to see is more of that potentially at a higher rate, depending on um, you know how AI does iterate. But AI is not going to replace people or any sort of hands-on services. AI is not going to be building homes not in, not in a very long time. Uh, I know it can 3D print homes today, um, but I wouldn't necessarily call that AI, more robotics. But um, a lot of the hands-on work that we're doing today that requires a human, that requires five fingers and two arms and, you know, brain and two eyes, um, that type of thing is going to be safe for a very long time. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, designers, artists, et cetera, um, I don't see anything changing for them for a very long time. Might I, I think it can provide a tailwind to their industries um, in, in the near and, and medium term. I think you're totally right. I don't think that designers and stagers, um, muralists have anything to fear right now. I think that this is a really great tool that you can leverage to help get renderings out um, and mock-ups quicker to the client, but you still might want to be presenting them different options and let them pick what they like. Um, You know, on the flip side, if you are more of a DIYer, this is going to lower that barrier to entry where you can kind of do some of it yourself. So I think you're right. And I always remember hearing in history, we I remember this lesson they talked about when the refrigerator was invented, those people who would deliver 
ice, the giant ice blocks were fighting it. There was a whole entire movement to ban refrigerators because they would all lose their job. And now you look today and how many jobs has the refrigeration industry created? Repairmen, producers, you know, the wholesalers. It's just there's no there's probably more jobs today for that than there even were of those ice ice block delivery people. So, yeah, you know, you have to be willing to adapt. But I think that's why this is a great conversation to have. I think hosts who are not looking at this stuff are maybe going to get left behind. And so you should be learning how to utilize this stuff. But I do think that a lot of the, you know, labor jobs are still safe for a while, like you said. Um, I would love to know, to wrap up, what are your next moves? How are you going to use this? Are you planning on investing in another property? And how is AI going to help you specifically with your next, um, with your continued hosting journey? Um, Yeah, so I think... Uh, as it relates to this conversation, the next thing that I'm going to be doing or am, am doing is exploring uh, the building of AI tools, uh, various different AI tools to help hosts more efficiently and reliably uh, create five-star experiences. So are you uh, on pause with acquiring more Airbnb listings right now and focusing, just letting those ones run and now focusing on the AI component? No, I, I'd say the AI component is is. You know, probably thirty percent of my okay. attention span right now. Okay. Um, you know, again, it's a it's a project. Uh, my core focus is still, you know, the the, the five hundred uh, groups that I'm going to host this year, <laughs> and uh, making sure that I'm um, well positioned to do that. So that's a, a rather high expectation, uh, at least coming from my uh, zero uh, groups two years ago. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and also. The reason I got, I recently got on social uh, and started putting some of my work and perspective out there uh, is so that I could help people. Uh, you know, I want to, uh, I want to help people that want to be helped and that are willing to, to do the work to, to help themselves. Uh, I've done, I've had a lot of conversations with people over the past several years uh, about what I'm doing with Airbnb and uh, about why I think it's a great place to be, whether it be to supplement your income or to, you know, leave the, the job that you ultimately uh, really don't like being in. Um, but it's falling on deaf ears at the end of the day. Um, so, you know, people tend to hesitate and they don't take action. I, I get it. There's a lot of fear out there. So, you know, I think the main reason I got on social was to reach more people and to help others. Uh, it's the same reason I got into healthcare to begin with. So since I've left that field, uh, I'm looking for other ways to help people and, you know, for what I'm doing here uh, in the short-term rental industry. Uh, I think there's a little bit to share there. We're all going to learn together. But um, I think if somebody's in a position to, to make some moves, then, you know, I'd certainly love to, to help them out. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Jason. Um, I'm both amazed and also terrified, and <laughs> we'll see what's going to happen. Um, this stuff is so smart, and um, I just I love all the creative ways you found to use it and leverage it. So um, if there's any more breakthroughs that happen this year or something and some big revolutionary AI development, I'd love to have you back on and just keep updating us on how you're um, adapting as this technology grows. Um, but for today, thank you so much. I will uh, include how to connect with you. What is your Instagram username for anyone who wants to reach out? It's JW Reese. That's R E E C E. 
Perfect. And I will link that below as well. Uh, thank you so much, Jason. Um, have a good one. And we'll we'll talk hopefully soon. Yeah, thank you. Uh, last thing I'll say is just that if there is anybody listening that is technical or rather they want to be invested in something like this type of AI project, uh, to just reach out to me directly. Um, I am interested in uh, you know, forming uh, strategic partnerships uh, as this thing comes together. And uh, we'll see where it goes. That's awesome. You have to have like a Kickstarter or something for this. I feel like hosts would just go crazy over this. Um, so there you guys have it. If you want a strategic partnership with Jason Reese, there you go. Thank you. Thank you so much, Natalie. And finally, for this week's Am I the Airbnb Hole, let's react to a host who claims that her patience was tested this morning. Uh, she posted some screenshots of a convo between her and a guest on Facebook, and uh, let's see what we think. So this host says, my patience was tried this morning. Jesus, take the wheel because, Lord, I am biting my fingers trying to stay professional while educating the masses at the slightest opportunity. Here's a screenshot attached. Good morning. I'm trying to figure out if I can change to a later check-in and later check-out for my Airbnb reservation. Check-in is fine at 4 p.m., but check-out seems a little early. And this host responds, Authorized late check-out is charged an hourly fee of $50. Unauthorized late check-out is charged every half an hour fee at $50. Your reservation was not charged a cleaning fee we unfortunately are not able to provide a free late checkout at this time as the house is a reasonably large size house to clean. Cleaners demanding more pay and quitting on us. Airbnb guests on their part complaining about cleaning fees leaving the host in a tight spot to handle cost of living unfortunately. All late checkout fee must be paid before arrival to confirm and secure availability. We appreciate your business and also apologize for any inconveniences. Keep me posted if you need to secure the late checkout, please, and thank you. And the guest said, okay, thank you very much. We will leave reservation as is. That's that's the whole thing. That's literally the whole thing, you guys. How was the... How was this host's patience tested? Again, they said, my patience was tried this morning. Jesus, take the wheel because, Lord, I am biting my fingers trying to stay professional while educating the masses at the slightest opportunity. The guest asked for a late checkout. I get that message every single day. If you, if you cannot handle that as a host, you cannot be a host. What is this lady going to do when the guest asks if, I don't know, they can they can drop their luggage early or says that their kid sliced their finger open and needs a first aid kit. Like this is the easiest. This is this is day one of hosting guests asking for a late checkout. And this tried her her patience. I I don't know you guys. I this host is the Airbnb hole and she needs a different job. She needs a different job. Why is this answer so personal, so detailed? I mean like what happened to just, hey I'm so sorry we're unable to accommodate a late checkout. I I don't get it. I don't know how long this woman has been hosting, but my God, she is the Airbnb hole and she is so not cut out for this job. This is the easiest of questions. This is what they give you at hosting kindergarten. This is like the prereq to even get into hosting kindergarten. And she failed. So that's, 
Yikes, that's sad. She is the Airbnb hole. And with that, it is now checkout time. Thanks for listening and I'll see you back here next week. Lastly, as Airbnb hosts, we all can appreciate a good five-star review. So you already know a great review on this podcast would mean so much to me. Please subscribe, review, share, and connect with me in the show notes below. Bye.